This is the story of my drive with Ryan Sayer. With Ryan Sayer. Hello, hello, welcome to another episode of the story of my drive. Lots of rain and wind in the UK. We're trying to combat two storms and the flooding they caused. Still waiting for some sunshine. So here is something to cheer you up. Today I'm talking to Jacob Harrison, classical guitarist, composer and performer. We've done lots of projects together, including recording two of his solo albums, one of them is to be released very soon, and some singles. Jacob will tell you how it's like to be a musician, how his career started, if there's any money in music, and after the interview, you'll be able to listen to one of his songs we recorded together. So get ready for the guest of the week. Today's guest of the week is Jacob Harrison, classical guitarist and composer. What do you do then? Who are you and everything? Well, mainly I'm a classical guitarist, so I play from the Spanish and South American repertoire, if you will. And I also compose quite a lot. I compose more to perform than record, I think, mainly. I use a lot of techniques that are used by other classical guitar composers from times gone by, but yeah, I think I mainly prefer composing and performing my compositions, but mainly I'm a classical guitarist, but I do some other things as well, like playing a, uh, <laughs> a comedy punk band called Binskins. Do you want to share that you released an album just a few days? Oh yeah, Binskins doing bits. It's out now. It's funny, the story with Binskins, because it started off as just like a joke, really. We didn't really like our landlord. Oh, we still don't really like our landlord. He's a bit weird. Very much so. We started writing songs sort of about the flat and about our landlords. I don't know why, but we put so many hours into these tracks. They've got like 60 like instruments on them. Some of them just tons and tons of instruments and... The tracks are actually pretty big and like we released them. It's a, it's a terrible band for terrible people, but it's actually also quite good, so you should listen to it. <laughs> yeah, check this out on Spotify. and Sp- Spotify, iTunes, Deezer, it's out cool. on everything. Cool. I checked this out. It was funny, but cool. <laughs> and any goals for the future? Nearest or more distant future? I've also got another album coming out, Classical Guitar, it's a more serious album. You've been involved on, Ryan, recording some of it. So it's like classical guitar solo composition pieces, and then we've written orchestral parts. This is me and my um, my co-writer Hugo Long, who's a film composer. We've written like core orchestral parts to this classical guitar music, and with big, big percussion and strings and synth, and it sounds really good. So that'll be coming out soon, so hopefully I can get some attention on that, maybe make some money. Who knows, it's music, You probably. It's very hard <laughs> to make money. But, uh, well, it sounded very good. Yeah. In the demo version. Yeah, it's it's coming together really well, a lot better than I actually expected it to. And yeah, I'm really enjoying working on it. So my goal would be, apart from obviously getting my degree and earning money for this to maybe kickstart my performing slash composing career on the biggest scale. Speaking of what you've done already, are you proud of it? Or are you happy about it? Or are you like excited when you think about what you've done so far? Would yeah. You say, or rather, would you say, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good and everything can be just better. I'm happy with a lot of the stuff I've done, especially some of the stuff I've done recently. I wish, I mean, I mean, everyone could probably say this, I wish I practised more when I was younger. Because when I was younger, I didn't really know I wanted to be a guitarist. If I knew instantly, I'd probably been practising ridiculous amounts. And I practice a lot now, I practice hours and hours a day. And I have been doing for quite a few years. But when I was younger, I didn't know whether I wanted to go into like science or music. So I didn't 
take it as seriously, but I wish I had because now I'm starting to uncover like holes in my knowledge and having to fill them as well as like trying to move forward in my career. So it's so I'm happy with what I've done. I'm proud of the work I've done, but I wish I had done more when I was younger. I think everyone had this dilemma about who I'm going to be in the future. Me, for example, I've never imagined myself being and studying elite, especially music, because lots of people say that there's no money in music, so don't waste your time. But I think it's not very true. Depends what's your vision, maybe ambition, would you say? Well, there definitely is money in music. Uh, I think it's the most popular thing on earth. Everyone likes music. I mean, most popular within like food, maybe, but like, yeah, everyone likes music and there is money to be made in it. It's just hard to make money from what you actually want to do. Like, it's all, there's always money in teaching music and there's always money in marketing and stuff like that. And if you manage bands and stuff like that and you can get, and you've got like degrees in business and stuff like that, you can always make money from bands who are already doing well. But if you're an independent artist trying to make it now, Although it's the big, it's the biggest um, platform there's ever been. You can get famous from pretty much any stream of it social media on the mm-hmm. internet. But because it's so wide now, it's so saturated. It's really hard to get noticed. You've either got to be ridiculously good in the right place at the right time, or you've got to have like marketable qualities, and the label will put you out. Really. So like, if you're not, I don't know, a super beautiful pop star who writes super catchy songs. And you like you say like like me you're like a classical guitarist or you're in a metal band or like mm. you're like a jazz drummer or something like that. It's a lot harder to make it on the large scale, I think. Well, obviously, not everyone can be the biggest musician of them all, but we're going into this direction, mm. I guess. I mean, not to achieve everything or more than anyone else, but you know, just to be someone and do what we like to do. Yeah, no, that's, that's that's the main goal of it. You do what you love. And, you know, I've always asked myself the question, would I rather do what I hate and be rich or do what I love and be poor? And it's usually do what I love and be poor, but I'm still a student. So when I get out into the real world and, you know, I have to provide for, like, a family or something like that, I don't <laughs> know if that'll change. Well, hopefully everything's going to be okay. Oh, yeah, hopefully. I don't know. I try hard, so hopefully I'll achieve. That's what everyone That's the key to success. Try hard and work hard be focused on work and I think that's what you do yeah I'd, I'd agree any influences who pushed you to be a classical guitarist or metal band guitarist yeah there's a lot for classical guitar it was weird because I, I didn't I never planned to be a classical guitarist I heard my friend in like primary school playing guitar and I was like oh that sounds cool I'd like to do that you know I think he played the East Enders theme or something and he played it badly <laughs> but I was like oh yeah I want to do that so i told my grandma, I was like, I want to be a guitarist. I want to, I want to, I want to get a guitar. And she got me a guitar and then she got me lessons. But it just so happened that the, the guitar teacher she got me was a classical guitar teacher. I didn't know the difference at the time. I was only about 10, mm-hmm. something like that. But I started learning classical and I, I loved it. And I heard some of the great players quite early, like Andres Segovia, John Williams and Julian Bream. And I didn't realize it was possible to do that with a guitar. I'd heard rock bands and punk bands because my parents went to rock and punk and stuff like that. And I heard the guitar on there and it was cool. And I really, I, I still love that sort of style. But with the classical guitar, unless like you're a classical guitarist, when you hear some of these pieces, it doesn't really sound like it should be possible to play that many parts on one instrument and have that like smooth of a sound. But it is, and that's what drew me into really being a classical guitarist. In terms of a metal thing, I was brought up with punk and metal, hard rock. I really like bands like. Um, System of a Down, really like System of a Down, like Pantera, 
really like Metallica back in my, my teens. So listen to that. And I, I love the energy of metal and rock. I like performing live, that sort of stuff, because the energy you get from the crowd and like mosh bits and all that mm-hmm. silly stuff is like, that's that's kind of what draws me into that rather than the actual notes. But with classical guitar, it's the actual music with metal and punk and stuff. It's more of the atmosphere and the, the fashion and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. used to play gigs too, and the atmosphere was... Yeah. Everyone else? Well, I've got influences all over the shop, really, because I like, everyone says, oh, I'm into all types of music, and most people are lying. Mm. Like, if you get someone threatened, they're like, oh, I'm into all types of music, and then, yeah, I don't know. You play something, and it... Nah. Yeah, you'll play something, like, sort of out of character, like, a bit weird, I don't know, like, maybe metal or something like that, like, a more specific genre would be like oh no and like what do you like then it's like they'll name chart artists and sometimes <laughs> they'll name an artist that's not in the chart and it's like oh that's kind of interesting but like with me I do love all sorts of music I'm not a big fan of like modern pop music which is you know because I just think it's kind of artificial I really love folk I love Simon and Garfunkel Bob Dylan people like that obviously I love metal like hard rock I love classical music I love I really like Chinese music and Japanese music I've always loved like Chinese and Japanese, like Asian culture, because I was brought up, because my, both my parents are martial artists, so I was brought up like watching like martial arts films and stuff like that, and the music in it was always like, really amazing, even if the like half the films were absolutely terrible, mm-hmm. but uh, the music was already made, always like amazing, the atmosphere it created, and then obviously I started doing martial arts, and when you delve into like Chinese culture, Cantonese culture, when you get really far into doing martial arts, it's not just about the martial art, like there's this culture, there's music. Mm-hmm. There's food, there's, you know, I became a Buddhist through it. So there's like, you know, philosophy and stuff like that. And it's, yeah, yeah. It, it all kind of links in. That makes sense. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just interesting. Mm. So you already answered this question, but I would like to ask you about any releases in the future, apart from the thing you do with Hugo. That's the big one I'm working on. That's like the one I've been working on for the best part of a year now. And obviously Binskins, are, oh well, Binskins have brought out doing bits, but we're going to bring out another EP. We're going to try and write as many as we can in a year because on a, it's just funny. <laughs> uh, we're also bringing out a, a Christmas single called Christmas at the Carvery. It's the song that you would expect to be upbeat and, mm-hmm. you know, jolly, and it's absolutely depressing. <laughs> we did that on purpose, you know, see, musical masterminds. Yeah, so look out for that. Look up Binskins because it would be really funny if a lot of people were listening to Binskins. Cause I'm going to put some links in them description so people can check this out oh, that's for sure <laughs> yeah on it like with bin it's weird because with binskins um because i sent it back home there's some people i know back home with like punk fans and stuff mm-hmm. like that and some of them quite well connected and like we've started to like get gigs now with binskins i never expected to get gigs with binskins because it's sort of just like such a specific style of comedy music and it's so like garbled and i don't know it's weird but uh yeah we've got a gig next year i think Probably supporting a band called The Cravats, who are quite a big punk band. Pellethead, who are a band from Teesside, where I'm from, we're supporting them. I think we've got our own headline gig as well at the Green Room in Middlesbrough. Mm -hmm. Well, in Stockton. So hopefully we can get more because performing Binskins Live is actually would be hilarious because it's just it's not real music i mean it is real music but like i don't know why we did it now we're far into it and it's fantastic sometimes the best things start like this you're doing something as a joke and then it turns to be something serious yeah i mean i don't think it'll ever be serious <laughs> well you know if you enjoy it that's the best part of it i guess maybe people will enjoy it too mm. if so we're going to continue or this is just one year project and that's it yeah so that's pretty much what I've got coming out of the moment. And live gigs. Because I know you play a lot. I don't know if you still do. Uh, I usually play a lot when I'm off uni. 
while I'm in Leeds, I usually try to focus more on just um, learning pieces and doing my coursework because I do want to get like a relatively good grade on my degree. But um, gigs, I'm going to start releasing some more dates soon, mainly for this album because I'm going to try and do like a, well, not really a tour, but sort of like a lot of gigs in the name of this album so I mm-hmm. can maybe like, you know, sell some hard copies and get, it, you know, people streaming it and stuff like that. Because um, you do actually make hard copies of your music. I oh, know yeah. you did this in the first year, if I remember. Yeah, I did, yeah. record it, and now you told me you, you were going to do a similar thing, probably. Normally, well, with my other albums, what I've done is I've recorded some pieces for classical guitar, and then I, I gigged and I sold the hard copies at gigs, because it's hard to find paid gigs for classical guitar. So if you can if you can find free gigs, like for events and stuff like that, and then you can sell albums, a lot of the time you can make more money just mm. doing that and searching for those paid gigs. This time I'm going to release it on streaming platforms as well, rather than just the hard copy. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to bring them out on as singles with music videos yeah. as well. Yeah. And then at the same time, I'm going to have the hard copies and play gigs and sell them to people, hopefully, if people like well, it. Sounds like good marketing strategy. Yeah, I've got like a whole diagram at home of like mm-hmm. like <laughs> what steps are going to be done. Because, you know, I do, I do kind of want to like make something from it. Whether that's recognition or money or whatever, like I put a lot of effort into this album, and it is quite good, I think. Like, I mean, I'm biased, obviously, but like mm-hmm. with a lot of my other work, I can be like, oh, it's not like it's okay, but like I wouldn't buy it. This one, I, I might, you know. And it's weird to say that because normally I'm not a big fan of what I record, but this one's pretty decent. I want to hear it too, so I'm waiting as well. I heard the demo. Yeah. Plans after graduation. My graduation from my bachelor's, I'm going to try and go to America to study my master's. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully Baltimore, because my one well, my girlfriend lives there, and we're long distance at the moment, so it's, it'd be nice to That's move very, there. It's a very good reason. Yeah, and too, because I've always wanted to study abroad, but I don't really speak any of the languages that fluently, so <laughs> America, they speak English, so, you know, it's, it's pretty much easier than going to, like, Spain or something. So hopefully do my master's over there, and after that, maybe try and live over there. I don't know, I, I love England, but I really like America as well, and it's a bigger country, and I don't really like flying, so you can drive everywhere if you've got gigs miles away, so maybe do that. Not entirely sure, I sort of play it by ear this sort of stuff but mm-hmm. definitely try and do my masters in america and after that try and make some money try and get some recognition really let's say you finished everything you wanted to finish in terms of education who would you become like an international musician or just a session musician or just a composer who releases his stuff and plays some gigs probably a solo musician depending on how well Binskins does again doing bits <laughs> out now but probably a, a solo classical guitarist who tours and plays like my own compositions because I put a lot of effort into writing my compositions and people seem to like them. Usually I get more praise for my own compositions than I do from playing other people's repertoire. I don't know if that says anything about my compositions or just how well I learn other people's repertoire. Yeah, so tour with my own compositions and play gigs and hopefully make enough money not to starve while doing it. Well, I don't know any musicians who starve, really. I do. So, <laughs> well, we're students. We're students and yeah, that's what students do. Yeah. Waste money and starving. <laughs> what would you say was the best thing that ever happened and what would be like a fail? Well, the best thing that happened as a musician for me was developing my right hand technique because I've got quite a fast right hand now and I can do a lot of um, different arpeggios and tremolos and all this sort of stuff with my right hand, which some guitarists struggle with, but I found it relatively natural once obviously I was in a few years and playing the guitar. So that's probably the best thing that happened to me because I've, I've used a lot of that in my pieces to make them more unique. Yeah, a lot of different rhythms with the right hand. I don't know what the worst thing that's ever happened to me as a musician is, but I can tell you the worst thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, please do. Right. It was a recent one. You know, I, so I've just come back from America. 
which you already know, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird story. Well, it's not really a weird story. <laughs> on, on the way back from the airport, well, I went into Dulles Airport in uh, Washington, D.C. to fly to Paris. I don't really like flying, so I was already quite nervous. And the plane sort of oh, kept getting delayed by like 20 minutes. And I was like, oh, what's going on here? And I saw like 30 guys in black suits with like guns. They weren't police or anything like that. So I didn't know who they were. And I was like, oh, God, you know, who's this? Mm. You know, men in black or whatever. And Ivanka Trump is walking behind them, you know, <laughs> Donald Trump's daughter. <laughs> weird as, proper weird. She was flying to Morocco, I think, and I was flying to Paris. It was quite close to each other. So I saw her walking by to go up a flight and everyone was going mental. Ah, you know, that's why the plane was delayed because they had to, you know, make sure she didn't, you know, she got on a plane and stuff like that, all that kind of stuff. So I saw that, so I was like, oh, this is weird, no. So eventually we got on the plane, took off. I don't like flying, so I was shitting myself, sorry. Mm -hmm. All the alcohol's free on these flights. I didn't know this, because I don't really fly alone. I've, I haven't really flown it since I was about 17, 18. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't really drink then on planes anyway. But all the alcohol was free. I was like, oh, class. So I was getting <laughs> bottles of wine, after bottles of wine, and after I've had a couple of <laughs> bottles of wine, I was like, oh, I don't feel scared anymore. I'm pretty drunk. This is this is actually all right. So I was watching <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on the plane TV. Uh, and then the girl who was sat next to me kept on going to the back of the plane, stealing alcohol off the car, <laughs> bringing it back to a seat, then offering me some of the stuff that she'd stole. And I was like, well, I'm not going to say no. You know what I mean? Yeah, You've yeah, yeah. all this trouble to nick it. Why was she stealing if it was free? Because you can only really get it when they, they come round, like on, uh -huh. the, on the trolleys, like with, with meal times. I think. I think if you want things other than meal times, it might not be free. I don't know all exactly. Right, right. But all I know, she was going to the back and just taking it off the car. And I was like, I don't know if this was right, but she was offering me it. So I... I had a few more drinks, so I drank quite a lot. You're not supposed to drink much in the air. I didn't exactly know why <laughs> until. So I passed out because I got so drunk, I passed out, which is good because the plane went faster, you know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah. you wake up and you're like, oh, I've only got so much to go. However, I woke up sweating profusely, <laughs> feeling like absolute, you know, yeah. cack, let's say. <laughs> and then I proceeded to be sick on myself in my chair. <laughs> This is on an economy flight, so there's two people sat to my left and this girl sat to my right. She's asleep, they're not. They're watching me throw up on myself, <laughs> being like, Ugh. Uh, So while wow, there's six dribbling out of my mouth, like, oh, sorry, sorry for any viewers who are squeamish, like all over myself, I have to shake this girl awake <laughs> to move her out the way. And she's like, what's going on? Is the plane crash? And I'm like, well, well, I don't know if she was saying that. She was French, I couldn't understand what she was saying. So I was like, move, you know what I mean? Get out of my way. <laughs> So after like scrambling out of my seat, taking everybody's headphones out of the thing with my with my foot, I stumbled down the, the aisle. It was a little bit of turbulence, so it's sort of like wobbly. I'm stumbling down. I go in the toilet and I'm in there for a solid hour, just throwing <laughs> up and just being like, oh, what's going on? They must have thought I died in there. So after painting the, um, the bathroom red with red wine vomit, I stumble back to my seat. The girl's then asleep again. So I have to tap her on the shoulder, wake her up again, looking like absolute shit. <laughs> She's just like shaking her head. And she she knows I'm a retard. She <laughs> Honestly, she knows like I'm, she hated me after that. So I sit back down, there's three hours to go. I'm like, this is going to be shit. But then I passed out again and I woke up when we were landing. So I was like, oh, all's well, ends well. But then I was super, super hungover. And in Paris airport that day, I don't know what was happening, if there was a strike or something, but all the planes seemed to be in the same terminal and it took three hours to get through the line while I was absolutely dying. Like, and I was thirsty as well because you get really hung up, like mm -hmm. thirsty when you're hung over. So I had to wait in like three hour queue to get through Paris airport while dehydrating. Eventually the story ends when I got, eventually got through the queue, went to a Starbucks, bought a bottle of water, downed it and then just fell asleep in Starbucks. <laughs> and then after that I felt fine. So. Wow. The ending was good. Yeah. <laughs>
Well, I mean, the girl from the plane shouldn't be very impressed off. She contributed by stealing the <laughs> wine from the car. Yeah, she, I don't know why she was doing it. Like, so I was like, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't say no. But yeah, don't drink heavily on planes. It's not nice. It really flying isn't. hangover isn't nice too. Yeah, I was flying, and it was just two hours. But I was flying from home to here after my brother's party, and I slept like half an hour between end of the party and my flight. And the border force was wondering if they can let me in. Really? And then I was on the plane, dying for solid two hours. Yeah, like because I'm quite scared of flying. I, I, I. Yeah, I'm too. I'm too. And that was even worse yeah. because I was falling asleep and waking up. And then that was the panic attack because where am I? There is the weird view from the window and who are these people? And then after like two minutes, I was fine. But then I I was falling asleep again and waking <laughs> up again and the same thing for two hours every like 15 minutes and going back to music. Do you enjoy what you do? Yeah, I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else now. I've got so invested in the music and playing and writing and seeing gigs and it's a great thing to do and I wouldn't tell anyone not to be a musician, but it is difficult and you've got to really think about how you actually are going to sustain yourself doing it. But yeah, I'm happy with what I do. It's great. In my opinion, if it wasn't difficult, it wouldn't be really worth it. Mm. If something's very easy, you can't really appreciate it. If you have to work hard for something, you can really enjoy it at the end if you make it. Yeah, that's true i would say yeah hey thanks for coming here today and joining me and for sharing your story and opinions anytime
wonderful tune, wasn't it? But sadly, the episode is finished. This podcast is produced by Marvelous Audio. For more info, visit marvelousaudio.com. For now, thank you all for being with me, and please do join me in a fortnight in another episode of the show. See you soon. The story of my drive with Ryan Sayer. With Ryan Sayer.